You're listening to The Keys 107, opening the doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness with your host, Rafika and Brother James. Welcome, welcome to another hot show celebrating women during this fabulous month of women's history. I am Rafika, your co your my co host. No, your co host, Brother James, are you here? Help me. <laughs> Brother James, I think you should check your mic. Check your mic. <laughs> Well, we got a hot show for you tonight. We have a very, very, very special guest who took some time out of her very busy schedule to work with us here on the Keys 107 Network. And that noise lets me know that my co-host is here. Oh, can you hear me? I didn't know if my mic was live or not, but I'm, I am so happy to be here this evening to uh, hear more about this really talented um, young lady, Amanda Holly. And her wonderful spirit and her gracious voice, I just want to say, everyone, look out for a star that is rising. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's got a very rich background that she's going to share with us. And for those of you who may not know, we are keying in today on the entertainment key because we know that entertainment is one of the most important keys of getting that balance in your life. Now, before we bring in Amanda Holly. We're going to go to the healthy tip of the day because uh, Medea Allen has been on standby and she's got to get going. So hang on. We'll be right back. The Keys 107 and com presents the healthy tip of the day. The healthy tip of the day is to schedule rest periods in your day just as you would for other appointments. Leaving time in your schedule for rest instead of activity is like hitting a reset button for your mind and body. A great way to do this is to take 15 minutes out of your day just to sit and do nothing. Taking time to pause can improve your mood and help you feel more refreshed and focused. Today's healthy tip of the day has been brought to you by wellness expert Medea Allen. I invite you to learn more about me and my services at www.organicsoulchef.com. The Alphabet is available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. So get your copy today. For more information, visit them online, www.thefluffamily.com. Now, 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 back to the keys. 107 with your host, Rafika and Brother 
So we're back, and we'd just like to say hello to a few of our listeners um, who made sure they checked in with me earlier today to say that they definitely want to find out more about Miss Amanda Holly. Hello to Danielle out there, and hello to Aisha out there, and to Kim, who is not a woman, it's a man, but he's really into Amanda Holly out there. So, James, did you get your microphone together? Yeah, we're trying to. Uh, we can't. We can't hear you at all. But I'm going to bring in Amanda Holly, and you just let me know when you're ready. Amanda, this is Rafika. Welcome to the Keys 107. Hey, Rafika, how are you? <laughs> you are so patient. You just was just like sitting there chilling and saying, "Now, just how long is this intro going to be?" <laughs> Oh, well, I, but I, I always appreciate the extra accolades and whatnot. I'm like, I don't care if the mic don't work. Just suit me up. <laughs> <I know. laughs> now, now, James is very particular about his mic being perfect, so we're going to give him a moment. Uh-huh. And I'll just, I'll just let you know that it's usually my mic that is um, acting up because this is a technology-based production here, and we have to absolutely rely on the grace technology mm-hmm. to help us get mm-hmm. through. Yeah, but uh, we have... Oh, I um, totally understand needing the mic to be exactly so. So <laughs> I totally get it. You know, I'll just tell you that one time we decided that we were going to use a mixer and we plugged everything in and we did checks before the show and <laughs> when we went live <laughs> nothing broadcasted for the entire show. Oh. But well, you never you know. know we just have try. to keep it moving. Uh, exactly, we just have to keep it moving, and um, you know, the seven keys of life. You have to have balance. Exactly. So I actually know somebody. One of my engineers is like a multi Grammy winner, and he's really cool, and he knows how to set. So at the end of the show, just hit up Ralph, and I think I should at least you know give you his number. I, maybe you might be able to use him. That that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, you know, I've known about you for quite a while um, through uh, Ralph Cooper, who is your manager and my very good friend. And I first I want to give him the biggest virtual hug and tell him thank you for coming through and uh, making this happen for us tonight. Yes, thank you so much, Ralph. Excuse Big up, me. Ralph. Big up, Ralph. <laughs> oh. I know that he's sounds like Brother James. Thinking he's, you know, he thinks he's cool, so he he's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and he says that like only Ralph Cooper can say it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I just want to. Wanna... Oh, I I have to be present for that one day because that must be that must be hilarious. <laughs> I um. Wanted to give just a snapshot of your background and wanted you to sort of chime in and really go into helping people understand what this life that you've lived, what it was like. So you, you've been mm. playing instruments since you was two. You've been writing songs mm-hmm. since you was three. And you've been singing at live events since you was seven. So your dad is a songwriter, was a songwriter for Sarah Vaughn. I only say was because Sarah Vaughn is no longer with us. Um, Neither is, is my dad. <laughs> oh, your dad passed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mm-hmm. didn't know that. We'll talk about that. Oh, we can share that because my dad passed too. 
Oh, um, no, I'm so sorry. Yeah, your mom was a concert cellist, and your yeah. auntie, Miss Pat Holly, she's a singer and a songwriter who vocally trained Stephanie Mills. And she also managed course, her and uh, wrote for her. She managed Stephanie Mills too. Well, what year? Around what year? In was the that? beginning. When my aunt first discovered Stephanie, Stephanie was in a talent pageant, and she met her and her mom. And my aunt became her co-manager with her mother and got her career started, got her in the whiz from the time she was 13 all the way up until her second album at Motown. And uh, my aunt had records all over that first album. Mm. That is awesome. That is it's awesome. kind of a crazy story. It's kind of crazy. And she also went to Juilliard and, and uh, toured with and uh, arranged for Shirley Barrett, the first female African-American opera diva. Mm. Kind of crazy. Uh, the, the crazier part is I didn't know any of this. Like, growing up, my mother, my mother went to Manhattan School of Music, and she was a trained concert cellist. She studied under a pupil, Pablo Casal. She's a complete genius, one of four out of 5,000 people in her class. Um, 5,000 people to be accepted actually to the program but uh, really crazy uh, met my dad a little bit later and uh, a little later in my childhood and met my aunt and I had always been writing and my mom wasn't a songwriter she was a musician so that's where the violin thing came from the singing and the piano and uh, my mom used to tell me well your dad used to write songs but that's all I knew I didn't know anything else. And when I finally met him uh, and then met his sister, I couldn't believe it because it was just like, wow, like this is, this is where I come from. So not just my mother, but my father. And mm. my father's works are, you know, under, listed under BMI. And it's kind of crazy because I have to go through a lot of stuff and dealing with this catalog. And I've, he's been gone now for a couple of years and, it's a very emotional situation for me, so I'm not really mm-hmm. ready to uh, deal with it yet, but his name is on those records. Um, it's funny, cause too, if you YouTube uh, Sarah Vaughn, uh, I Need You More Than Ever Now, there's a record that comes up with my dad's name on it. So it's it's really uh, it's it's great to have a part of him that's going to live on and to get to know him through his music and wow. to know where... It came from. It's really, it's very, very. It's. It was. <laughs> if you imagine being a little girl with this voice that everybody was like, always thinking like, or like I didn't understand even what I had. I don't know if that makes sense, but people would cry or say, "Oh my God!" And I'm just like, but I'm just singing the song. And um, mm-hmm. I knew I was a singer, and that was, that was that. And I used to do a lot of theater things, too, as a kid. Love acting. Um, and I love, I love writing, like, novellas and poetry. Um, and <laughs> really unbelievable, stumble into this whole family of musicians. Mm-hmm. Well, my dad well, Amanda, wait, what's your dad's name? Gregory Clark Holly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So Amanda, you have um, music in your DNA, right? So it's probably I like a whole lot of melody notes. If they look up your DNA, they'll see a musical <laughs> notes floating around or something, right? 
you definitely see that. Absolutely. It's all, it's all, it's all music. you got to know how to read music if you want to read my DNA. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> now, also, um, you know, you were mentored by Dennis Doc Williams, um, who made his bones yeah. working with the likes of o, the OJs, Patti LaBelle, and the Backstreet Boys. So, according to what Ralph has said to me, that this uh, Dennis Doc Williams was like your uncle. Yeah. So, through the project with Stephanie, uh, Dennis and my aunt became best friends. And they've been working together for 40 years. She calls him her musical husband because she has a, a husband who she loves very much, uh, my Uncle Dan. And uh, Dennis, when I was real little, he was like, okay, we got one. And he's the one that encouraged me to pursue a career in mainstream pop music as a recording artist because growing up I just heard so many horror stories and even though I knew who I was and what I wanted to do and I'm an artist and I write and I want to I want to be on a global platform and I want to be there for kids and I want to have this outreach be limitless with my creativity I was really scared and I heard a lot of stories from people in my family even my uncles were on Warner Brothers back in the day and they have stories about it so it was it was a terrifying thing to me, so I shied away from it. And then finally, I don't know, I guess the music just took over. And I'm like, okay, well, a little more. Okay, maybe. Okay. And then finally, uh, stumble into a manager um, by the name of Toby Ludwig in the middle of a blizzard in a, in a, in a blizzard in Newark Airport. <laughs> And, hmm. and I'm telling, and I'm talking about how, um, oh, it's funny. My brother just asked me how he's going to download my app. It's, that's another thing I had to tell you guys about. But, um, <laughs> stumble into this guy, Toby, and discover that he, uh, he I was frustrated. I wanted to, to get out of the airport. Our flight was the only one that was going to leave, and then the de-icing the machine went on fire. And he's like, you're determined. Where are you going? And I said, I'm going to see my uncle, blah, blah. And I had just received a call from my father, who I hadn't heard from in, like, I don't know, five years or something. And he's like, well, I'm going out there for my artist, Shaggy. And I said, oh, you're in your music? And I didn't want to say I'm an artist or anything, because at that time I was still deciding. And he starts blah, blah, blahing. And he says, oh, I managed the OJs. And I said, what? I said, that's, that's my uncle, Dennis. And from there, he just couldn't believe it. And at the time, I was also, I was also working with training, vocal training, Lauren Hill, because I was, I've been voice training since I was like 12. Like I started with neighborhood label people would hire me and stuff. Um, and he was also talking about something he was arranging with Lauren. I was like, this is kid, kismet. It was yeah. really, really, really kismet. So that's how Dennis became my musical director after telling me that this was what I needed to do after knowing me since I was a little girl. <laughs> mm. Well, since you made the statement about being a little girl, I want to go back before we go forward. Talk to us yeah. about your childhood and um, a couple of key things that I really want you to kind of hone in in terms of where you grew up, the environment, the the musical influence, the 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 artists, the music that you were hearing in the home, or and or that you craved, or or you were uh, influenced by. 
talk to us about that, and, the, and then we'll kind of move a little forward. Okay. Um, I'll try to make it as simple as possible, just because my childhood was extremely unconventional. But uh, let's stick to the positive stuff. Um, the music in my house was a constant in my life. So my my mom had two celli. She had keyboard, a guitar, two violins, a viola. Um, and that was always the, the one thing that pulled me through everything with music. I would just blast my Aretha on my headphones and take out my mic and, and, and sing my heart out and, and write. Um, and upon meeting my aunt, we spent hours at the piano just playing and singing. Uh, I, I could say, I could definitely say that even with everything um, that I've been through, I wouldn't trade it just because if it weren't for the family that I was born into, um, I wouldn't be who I am. And mm-hmm. I don't. I think it, it's made me stronger, and I think it's made my music mean more. And 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 it also has has made me resistant to the typical pull of materialism and um, just just the things that would normally be tempting for the for the regular, you know, up-and-coming artist. Not that everyone falls into these traps, but a lot of people, of course, you know, want just a quick, a quick route and just want to get there and don't care. But for me, it's like, well, this is who I am, and if it can't be there in its purest form and I can't be truly liberated as an artist and really uh, be free then I don't care how much money is on the table. I don't care how cool I'm going to seem. Like, th- that's not what I'm here for. I'm, I'm just an artist, and I, I am a singer. Music is who I am. And mm-hmm. people, people is my – I love people more than anything. So Well, yeah. <laughs> well let me ask you this, because I think what I want to paint the picture for the listening audience is your diversity of who you are, the music that you were experiencing as a young person okay. growing up. You sound like mom was the uh, mommy orchestra. She had everything in the home for you to experiment with. And, of course, there's outside influences from wherever you grew up at. Talk to us about that, yes. how that was shaping and molding you. you know. Okay. Okay. So from we moved around a lot. So from Newark to uh, Bloomfield, uh, little towns in Jersey, to then the Upper West Side with my aunt. And my mom was classical, and classical all day, theater all day. And I used to sit in the orchestra pits with her. And I just remember um, I would go to see the same show 30 times, 40 times. And (laughs) at the same time in the car, all we would do was blast Motown music. (laughs) And, And... and great singers. So if it wasn't Whitney or Aretha or Mariah Carey, you could bet my mom is playing James Brown, <laughs> Diana Ross, and she would always point out the string lines, which is why I guess um, she and my dad fell in love because <laughs> my father was, you know, Motown, soul, R&B, and my mom was classical. 
and and they just they made beautiful music together when they were together. And uh, when I ran into my my aunt, who I had more of a relationship with his sister than I did him, but when I ran into my aunt um, and you know became close with my aunt, it was just it was just amazing to me because not only did my aunt write the R&B songs like the music she wrote for Stephanie, but she mm-hmm. also she also arranged and and composed classical music. So that meant a lot to me growing up, and and it was instilled in me from from very very early age. Like literally, my mom ear trained me in the womb. <laughs> she just mm. she just and she's like, "Well, honey, I wanted your pitch to be perfect." <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> it's, it's but did you know what she was talking about? <laughs> you know what was funny? I'll tell you a funny story. In kindergarten, and everybody was singing. And I started laughing, and my teacher was like, "Don't, don't laugh when you're singing." I said, "Oh, I thought they were joking, because I didn't oh. know that. I didn't know that people didn't all hear pitch. Mm. You know, it was just normal. I felt so bad, but then, <laughs> then I was like, oh, okay. So then maybe this is something that's not normal.'" <laughs> So when you listen to the radio today, <laughs> you you hear all these oh, wonderful no. artists singing off pitch, huh? <laughs> I mean, so much stuff is pitch corrected. It's just insane, which, I mean, sonically, like, I get it, but it, you can't take the stuff off because a lot of artists have become, like, dependent on it. But I hear mm. so much stuff um in general, that it's really hard for me to listen mm-hmm. to a lot of the stuff that's going on, even though there's music yeah. I love. Like, I love Drake. You know, I love Drake. Like, you don't understand. And <laughs> <laughs> I love The Weeknd. Like, you know, they're great and everything. But every now and then, it's like, I got to change the dial. Hurting your ears. It's, I'm really sensitive music, and my like my stomach will actually cringe if a note is off or weird, or if the tone isn't right. Um, mm. But it doesn't mean anything except that's just that's just how I feel when I hear it. I mean, for everybody else, obviously it's working, and that's something mm-hmm. I always have to monitor with myself because, like, coming coming out of this background when I'm creating music. And even when I do something and it's just the fullest expression of what I feel, everything mm-hmm. I do, I constantly want to fix and change and add and try it 20 different ways. And my producers are like, Amanda, that's it. It's done. And I'm like, but it could also be this. And I'm like, but what about that? And mm. it, it, I guess it, in a way, I, like, it's a blessing and a curse. It's definitely a blessing. But, um, it 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 has to be monitored because uh, I understood. rely on great people to help me because like I'm not OCD? you know yeah it's 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 to the max and I, I do right. actually have like OCD so what like, okay yeah yeah but I once heard that from a from a from a mixed engineer friend of mine that Shakira has 
84, had 84 mixes of one of her recent records. I won't say which one. 84. And she knew every tiny little thing that was different on every single mix of the same exact song. Mm. So I was like, okay. Mm. Because my called me and he's like, he's like, I know someone who has OCD worse than you. (laughs) No way. Mm. So, you know, I love her, so. But, you know, I get it. Now, I want to say that if someone was reading your bio like I did just the other day, I actually envision you as the next upcoming uh, musical ambassador to the U.N. And you might say, why did you see, see that in my bio? Well, I look at the composition of the background of your mom and in your dad. And I says, wow, how wonderful that is to be so diversified. Do you mind talking about that aspect of the sum total of who you are from coming from your dad and your mom? And their ethnicities and their beautiful, diverse background. Yeah, definitely. It's really funny that you said ambassador because, A, um, I have somebody who I work with who's always like, you're going to be like the musical ambassador of the world. I always laugh when he says it because I'm like you're just out of your mind and I also am a member of a UN organization wow. um, it's a collective and like I'll, like the last thing I did with them was really surreal because it was a, the first the first African monarch convention at the United Nations and they wanted me to sing the, um, the national anthem a cappella in the conference room so I sang it, and everyone, all the kings of Nigeria started harmonizing. We have it on iPhone footage. And mm-hmm. then um, they brought me back. <laughs> it turned into, like, an entertainment thing. It was really funny because it was this really serious conference. And then went back and started. <laughs> so they wanted more songs, so I sang Spanin. They wanted to hear Fina. I said, it's a little sexy. <laughs> so I sang it. They like started singing along and stuff, and then um, I did. I'll be there, and all the uh, all of the ambassadors and um, kings were harmonizing, which was really wow. an amazing, beautiful moment. It was all a cappella. So funny. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, okay. My mom is Italian, um, and my dad is African American. Was African American, um, Irish, English, Egyptian, Cherokee. <laughs> You know, African-American means you're mixed with everything. So I take it they took some DNA tests and found all this out, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's also, we have a very, very, uh, really, really cool family history. Like, I'm looking right now at a picture of my great-great-grandmother in her headdress Mm. with the Native men behind her. Literally, and that's a picture that my nana had for forever. Um, so we know it. We know definitely Cherokee, and then yeah, our family traced their bloodline to Egypt. So it's it's really crazy. But being ethnically diverse has really been kind of like one of the biggest pains of my life growing up. Because even within my own family, it wasn't accepted. And even in my own home, I dealt with a lot of pain and heartbreak with it um, to the point where I was like, why, why do I have to be this way? Why can't I be one way or another? Because mm. in the black community, I'd be accepted 
if I didn't have this light skin. In the white community, I'd be accepted if my skin wasn't so dark or if my hair wasn't like this, you know. And, and it was really, I felt like I had no, no place. And I dealt with a lot of brutality um, and a lot of racism, like I said, within my own home, not from my mother, but from someone else. And it was really, really, really hurtful and really, really horrific to be a seven-year-old dealing with all that and growing up in your teenage years. And then you're, you're this odd girl out even with your peers because everybody's looking at you like whatever. And I was, I was ugly. Like I wrote a song called Ugly. I thought I was just the most ugly, grotesque, ugly thing, which still is something I work with every single day, which I want to work with girls of all races, all socioeconomic backgrounds in realizing how beautiful each of them really is. That's something that's really important to me. Um, so it was really well, challenging, and it still is, even within the industry and within day-to-day life. Um, but I, now that I've grown into my skin, I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, I mm-hmm. love, I love, I love my, like, I love my roots. I'm, I'm ecstatic. And I'm like, yeah, this is why I wanted to be a biracial, triracial person. Because I saw these two beautiful people on this planet that could make the most beautiful music. And, and I thought that, you know, they could, they could make me a master musician. <laughs> So Absolutely. That was when I was a baby up in heaven or something. <laughs> well, this is where the point that I wanted to take us back and get to this point here. The making of your mu- your music, the experiences of your past, the, the makeup of who you are, um, your pain, your challenges coming up. Now time is presenting an opportunity for you to go out and deliver beautiful music, music that can touch the soul. Because so I hear sometimes they call you America's soulful sweetheart. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You think I don't know, huh? So, that. <laughs> uh, somebody coined that. So we're going we'll to keep it going. I want to know. Let me, let me remind our listening audience, those of you who are tuned in via the Internet, if you want to call in and talk to Amanda, the number is 213-943-3618, 213-943-3618. Call in. Um, we have some time, and Amanda will take your call. So yeah, I, I want to talk to you guys, so don't, don't forget to call in. <laughs> yeah. I want to know, are you ready to take those experiences, that diversity, those challenges, and those pains, and pour them in? To your song writing, pour them into your music and share it with the world. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 a given because when I make music, it's the only place where I'm actually myself, and the stage is the only place where I feel free. So I'm really excited to. And and this was this was hard for me because I used to shy away from stuff that that was too revealing and the person who it was funny because Ralph said you know there's some interest from Linda Perry beautiful with Christina A there's some interest Mm -hmm. from Linda Perry and you know she wants to hear the most painful stuff that you've written 
and I'm like, you know, I've written a lot of deep stuff, but I've never really touched on my life like that. So I sat down and, and wrote like five things, five compositions um, in a few hours. And they were just like, okay, like, let's do these, let's do these songs. So I have to go meet with her and whatnot, whatever. Um, but it was very cathartic. And it's funny because I've, I'm like, okay, well, let's just make, you know, let's just make a little video for Linda just so you can see. And, you know, let's post it. And I'll perform it here and there. And it's always really hard for me to perform the, the song. Because every single song I sing, whether someone sent it to me and I loved it and I decided to be the vessel of the song and the performer of the song, um, or it's something that I've written myself, every single song that I give my own life to is real for me, 300%. Mm-hmm. I'm a very hopeless romantic. I'm a very passionate person. Um, I have a lot of pain. I have a lot of hope at the same time and a lot of love in me. So it's all real. There's no, there's not one piece of music that I do that isn't because I, 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 my body cringes and I get resistant. Like I can't even do it. So um, it's interesting because anytime I do those pieces, people are just like, thank you so much for that. Because <laughs> mm. everyone feels that way. Everyone feels the way that I did. Whether their situation was better or worse, it doesn't matter because it's all the human experience and every single one of us are one and the same going through our experience in life. We just have different, it's the same story and it's just told differently. And so I feel, I feel, I feel blessed that I've had the strength to come through and I feel honored to have the universe put this level of pressure on me so that I could then turn it into truth and, and be there for people. God willing, I want to um, be a force for good in this world and truth. And whether the piece is expressing uh, darkness or love or, or uh, truth, or it's just fun, whatever it is, it's real to someone and it, it's mm-hmm. all real for me. So I'm actually really excited about it. And before I, I was still hiding and I think that's kind of why, because, you know, I had the usual, um, my mother wasn't very active with this stuff when I was little, but people would ask, Oh, you want to do Disney? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And my mom was just like, no, you know, and, it makes sense to me now why things have been the way they've been for me because it's really through what I was going to tell you was through meeting Toby and finding out he was with, you know, Dennis. Then you have Phil Ramone coming in as my co-manager who's 80 time Grammy winner, biggest producer mm-hmm. in history becomes my co-manager. The guy who made some of these Aretha records that pulled me through is now my manager, and now I'm at the Songwriters Gala talking to Neo. Aretha's waving at me. You know, <laughs> I, there were a few run-ins with Aretha Franklin where she always would say, like, two words to me that were so, like, you're going to be all right, and, oh, I like your shoes or whatever, and here's my autograph. 
or whatever uh, from her or Shaka Khan, who was also really gracious and really kind to me, uh, Eddie Levert, who's more like a mentor, George Benson, like these people that I grew up studying. Idolized. While everybody else, and I love I love Britney Spears, but while while all my friends were on Britney and Taylor, you know I love that stuff. But I'm like, okay, I love Riri, but I gotta listen to this soul record. I gotta listen to this James Brown right now. Like this is what <laughs> I need <laughs> to just get for your through. soul. Yeah, so it's 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 crazy. But to answer what you're saying. Um, Definitely, uh, I'm definitely excited about about bringing the this truth of who I am um, to the world. It's only for the purpose of allowing my listeners to feel the, to to liberate themselves through my lyrics. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to comment on this. Um, well, speak to this comment that you have made. When I perform, I feel like I'm flying. It's one place I can be myself. I'm not afraid. I'm free. The stage is my favorite place. I know you touched on it lightly before, but that struck a chord with me. Talk to us about that. It's so funny because one day I just I was just thinking about it and and I and I realized and this is like I was like a little kid when I realized this, but I'm like, why do I love it so much? And for some reason, when I'm on stage, and when it's, when it's that right moment, because I, I even explained this to one of my producers, I don't even remember where I was, you know, or what happened in a performance when I'm really all the way in, enveloped in the message and the meaning and the emotion of the piece. So that's, that's the ultimate freedom for me because a like I'm liberated from from having to hide how I feel um and and it only ha- the performance only happens for for 3 minutes you know that that mm-hmm. song will, will be gone and and it's just this one moment that everything becomes invested in and it's really crazy because I really a lot of times I don't remember when it when I'm really all the way up there, and mm. and it's it's the most liberating experience in the world for me, and it's always been that way. Well, you know, it, it's I, I I'm glad you put it that way because the superstars of the world and that perform before many people, whether it's basketball or some type of sports or what have you, they always talk about this zone. They don't know how they get there, but they know when they get it, they just want to ride it. And to its, they, you know, they just feel, mm. they, they get this uh, this wonderful feeling that they can't do anything wrong. They're in the right place at the right time. And it's just nothing but peace and love. You feel that same way when you go there in your performance? Yes, and it's, it's like an overjoyed feeling that just takes over, even if it's painful. Like everything in my body, every every ounce of my soul just comes out, and it's like I'm wearing my – I had one person who was like, 
it, it's almost like you're wearing your soul on the outside of your body. Mm. And and that, <laughs> that it's the best feeling in the world. I, I totally, I like that. I like what you said about the, the players. It's, it's a zone. Yeah, it's definitely a zone. But I feel like it's, it's something that transcends. I told it to my dad um, on his deathbed because mm. he could barely function. Actually ends up singing him out of a coma, which is like a whole other story, and it's really crazy. And there were my aunt was there, and the nurse was there, and that just shows you the power of music. But I said to my dad, because he said, I'm sorry. You know, he said, I love you. He said, I'm sorry. He could barely speak. It meant a lot. And I said, listen, you know, love transcends all time and space. And, and it doesn't matter what happens or what's going to happen. But I love you. And and to me, that's the power of music. It just transcends everything. Time, space, uh, race, religion. One song I really feel can affect the world on such a powerful level. And it, and it brings, if, if everyone in the world was listening to, to the same song at one time, everyone in the world would be in that moment, in that song, together at that one time, if that makes sense. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> I, I want to say to you that um, from listening to you respond to the questions that we are posing, um, that we, we know that you're tremendously talented in music, but you have a, uh, a sort of a spiritual um, outlook on life, and you seem to be deeply rooted in science. Where did you get that from? Uh, or am I hitting something that is, that you actually no. have an understanding, huh? No. Um, spirit is my – spirit is, is – I, I believe that the, everything and everyone is connected. And I've been this way since I was very little, like three. I used to sit in the philosophy section of the library when I was eight years old so um and I I love I love the study of spirituality and the creator whatever you want to call a creator I'm reading the bible and this person's reading um the Quran, whatever it is for me I you know I'm I'm spiritual and I'm Christian, but I don't believe so much in organized religion. But mm-hmm. I love, I love it. I love crystals. I love, I love candles, and I love angels. So I'm very, I'm very, I'm a very spiritual person, and I love eclectic. science definitely. My brother's a, my brother's a mad scientist. Yeah, I'm very eclectic. My brother's a mad scientist. He's, he's a little science genius. And um, he's he's actually my half brother. We have the same mom, and uh, he's always asking me about you know spirituality because he believes it too, and he feels that it really blends in with his with his work and how energy is just energy is what everything is made of. That's, That's right. the cool thing about music too is that with especially with the voice you're generating these sound waves that are essentially uh, physical, invisible energy that can affect people on a molecular level. And 
and when when the when the music is dense, people can literally feel it. Like if you put your hand mm-hmm. in your speaker, you'll feel the air coming out of the speaker when the voice is dense. So it's it's very much who I am, and and spirit, God, it has pulled me through everything, and I feel that I've been put here for a reason. Um, and and I I dedicate my life to that. And every day I just say, universe, God, put me where you want me to be. Let me only want what you want for and through me. And let me be there in this world for as many people as possible. And give me the strength to get past my, my shortcomings. Give me the strength to get past anything, any obstacle that I might have within myself. Because things happen every day to everybody, especially new artists or new entrepreneurs or people who are trying to build something great. And I can't explain why I have this desire to put something great in the world except for the fact that it, it, I didn't put it there. The universe did, and it's unfolding through me. Um, so it's a huge part of who I am, and I think that's also why, I mean, even even when I tried to, but sometimes it's as simple as, oh, we'll just do this song because so-and-so's on it, and, and, you know, it's cool, and it'll blow up. Well, I can't do that song because then I can't stand up in front of billions of little kids and tell them that they can get there with integrity and strength and, and truth in their hearts, you know? Mm. Um, and, and I'm a truth teller, and... Sometimes people don't like that about me because I will tell it like it is and and whatever. But it's only because I want to see I want to see the most beautiful possible vision for what I could do in this mm-hmm. world. Well, we're gonna go and, um, to a brief break, so hold that thought, um, James. I I hear a question emerging no. out of you, so just it's hold that thought. <laughs> No, it's, it's just not a question, Rafik. It's like once we come back from break, I really want her to talk about the songwriting and the storytelling and where that comes from, and then also talk about collaboration with producers and, and other writers to, like you said, to to give that song some expression, and you started hitting on that. So when we come back, let's talk about that, okay? Cool. <laughs> The Keys 107 will be right back. The Fluff Presents the Alphabet is available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. So get your copy today. For more information, visit them online, www.thefluffamily.com. Now, 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 back to the keys. 107 with your host, Rafika and Brother So we're back, and we are celebrating Women's History Month here on the Keys 107, tuning into musically the entertainment key with our very special guest amanda holly and we are going to debut on the keys 107 network a duet that how that amanda holly recorded with reggae 
superstar Shaggy, as well as playing <laughs> that single <laughs> that we and we want to talk about that song too. And that single, nobody's um, heard it before. <laughs> that's why we're the Keys One Hundred Seven. Um, <laughs> we want to talk about that singer, get it, get it, get it, boy. <laughs> what the heck does that mean? So, <laughs> what, is, what is the boy getting? Well, let's go. Let's go back. To, um, let's go back to Brother James' um, question before yeah. we went, or his point that we went to before we went to break. And just want to remind everyone that when you call in and you want to talk, you have to press the number one on your keypad and we want to welcome all of those callers who are here on the switchboard listening in to our live broadcast, but you have to press the number one. And for those of you who are listening in internet land, the number is 213-943-3618. I should say it again, right? 213-943-3618. Okay. Okay. So we want to talk about songwriting and uh, how you begin to produce these songs that come through you. So begin where you may. Okay. Well, let's start with the example of a song that that I didn't write. Um, there's a song called Seen In. That's my first single. It came out mm-hmm. uh, recently uh, on Tommy Boy, Warner. And yes. I fell in love with that song from the minute I heard it. Um, my producer, OK Laws, gave it to me. And when we cut it, and, and this will go into Get It Boy, actually. But when we cut that record, uh, at first, I was going through this emotional battle in myself about how I was feeling about somebody and about myself. And so I was very, I was very uh, caught. And the crazy thing is that when, as I sang, the record, and I, I was just laying all the harmonies first and the backgrounds first. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, let's do the lead. The first time, okay. Second time, okay. Third time, literally, I had this whole sort of epiphany. And that vocal is exactly what I was feeling at that time. Um, and in that moment, I made a switch on my entire life, literally, that has affected me for the last year and a half. Just from just from the way that that song woke me up, and performing that song woke me up, and uh, it was also the same session that we ended up writing and recording. Get it, boy. Um, Get it, boy. Is more of a mainstreamy pop record, but it's very deep for me because I was finally recognizing my own feelings about somebody that I really cared about that I had been pushing down inside myself because I was afraid of, of really trusting and believing in anyone at the time. And I was, I was so happy and elated and, and the song pretty much wrote itself. Um, we wrote and recorded the entire record in two hours. Um, uh, for Showgirl, the Shaggy record, that one was <laughs> that one was more just a fun song. Uh, my producer, GC, he's like about seven times Grammy nominated. Um, he had the song, and I really liked it because it has a story about a girl who doesn't know what her worth is and mm. is doing things that she doesn't need to do in life. 
and and it reminded me of of things that I've been through or just feelings that I've had about myself. And I was like, you know, there are a lot of girls out there that need to hear this message, so I want to deliver this record. And I added some stuff, so we did a co-write on that, the three of us, um, and it was in the middle of the night at Shaggy's studio at the ranch uh, out in where it is. <laughs> and um, that was a really, really fun night. And and I'm excited about eventually releasing that song. It's not something that we're looking at releasing right away, right away, just because it doesn't, it doesn't show more or less the core sound of the first EP, but um, something that I'm excited about that's going to be coming out later. Uh, and but, I guess. So when... When I heard about that song, my question was, why Shaggy? Not not that Shaggy's not worthy, but how did that come about? Like, Shag, Shaggy's Shaggy. So out of all the other duets that you could have pegged for this particular song, how was Shaggy chosen? Well, Shaggy is just a part of my musical family. Um, Shaggy came through... The first manager I told you about, that mm-hmm. was the Blizzard that managed Dennis also. And also, uh, so he, that manager was managing Shaggy also. Okay. So it was a okay. very, it was very, it was more political, except Shaggy is really spiritual. So mm-hmm. when Shaggy heard my tone, he's just like, whoa, like anything you sing, your tone. And he called me one time, it's like eight in the morning. And I'm like, what's going on? And he's telling me about, you know, just just the tone and this, that, and the other. And for his feature, he wanted to come up with something very particular. But my, my producer, GC, is also based out of Shaggy's camp. And I met him through Shaggy. And he's like a big brother to me. He's also an incredible reggae artist, actually. And so it's purely coincidental. Um, but not at all, <laughs> not a coincidence at all. But I just think that uh, Shaggy's a really great artist. He's a great person, um, and he was really cool and very accommodating, very kind to me. And him and GC and my guy Mike Profilo, who also did one of the mixes on Seaman for me, um, they've been here for me. And uh, I can't even count how many how many sessions. I've been there with GC at Shaggy's studio working on my stuff, you know, and he didn't have to do that for me, and he did. And he didn't ask for anything in return. And um, mm. I guess he's just looking for me to become a star on the other side. So, mm-hmm. Well, I've we know that. Really kind people, <laughs> um, I've had a lot of really kind people and kind writers uh, be there for me from, from Silver Moan to Rafasari wrote all the stuff for Gaga and and Whitney and Beyonce. I have songs from him, Nikki Gregoroff, who's like a mentor to me um, and the most beautiful person in the world. She's just amazing, incredible writer. She wrote for Gaga also. Just endless, endless writers and producers have, who have been kind and who have like put that, like Artie Sky one time, uh, who did the latest 50 Cent record. Artie was like, you know, let's write a record, and he booked out the most beautiful freaking studio, <laughs> and he just wanted to do it. I, I, Rob Smith um, is at Avatar and worked with everyone from Amy Winehouse to Gaga, supporting me and featuring me in this documentary and recording me. 
I've got some of the most, like, I can't even tell you, Rafika, like, I've got some of the most beautiful people in the world supporting my project. I remember John King, the owner of Chung King Studios, where everybody made their albums. When I was, like, a little thing, he would let me record there at night. Mm. He didn't have to do that. I mean, people have been so, and this is the, this is the polarity and the, the, the duplicity of my life has been the most horrible things and the most horrible people and the most horrible experiences and the most amazing things and the most beautiful people and the most beautiful experiences. How many people can say, I was sitting backstage with Eddie LaVert of the OJs while Patti LaBelle was on stage and Babyface was waiting to meet with me backstage the night my father died? It's just it's 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 so surreal. Even to tell you the story, James, like just telling you guys a story, it always trips me up because even the other day, crazy every day these these things happen, and that's every time I think like I can't. I'm not into music business. I don't really like the business. Um, I love people, but I don't really like business because I feel like it makes people think that they have to be tougher than they are, you know, mm-hmm. and there's so much mistrust going around right now, especially because of the environment of the world and how music is changing, and 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 I just want everyone to just be peace and love and, and happiness, and it's not, it's not every day, and that's, that's not because people are bad, it's because people forget because they're, they think they have to defend themselves or you know what I mean? So I'm not into the business, but when, when more and more of these beautiful, amazing people like my manager, Ralph Cooper, is, I mean, how crazy is that? I'm a little girl listening to Billie Holiday to get through life. And then fast forward, here I am, you know, and Ralph Cooper, too, of the Apollo, whose father discovered Billie Holiday is now my manager, and and he he fought me on that because I said I don't you know you know I don't know you're doing movies you know blah 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 he's like I can do this you know and and I was like really like you would do this for me and Bert Padel, uh, my business manager who also another kind amazing beautiful person the legendary Bert Padel out of the Biggie Smalls movie. I grew up listening to Biggie, and now here's the guy who discovered Biggie Smalls and put him on the map. Is my business manager, and we're at his house for tea time because he wants to make sure I'm okay. Like, there's some mm-hmm. beautiful people in this business, really, really. And, and the musicians, and just, it's overwhelming. And I get sometimes I'm, I just feel so blessed and overwhelmed with gratitude. And that's what gets me on the days where I'm not liking the business, I go back to these people who have who have supported me, and I say to myself, like, oh, I I gotta make sure that this is lit. I gotta make sure that everything is cool because look at these people that are so amazing. I want to be there, you know, on the other side to 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 just exalt them and just bring them bring them along for the ride so they can see that the message they gave me was worth it and was worth their time. 
Um, and we have Sandra DaCosta and the Bullion Foundation um, and Henri DaCosta on our team now. Sandra is, uh, <laughs> helped develop Michael Jackson for 20 years. I, I looked her up when I was a little girl, wanted to work with her because she had won an award for being an amazing woman. I said, wow, I'd like to work with this woman. And she finds me at uh, Dr. Bob Lee's morning show. Uh, it's very, very incredible. And now we're working with, aside from Tommy Boy, where we have the first record out with them, we have a new entertainment app developer, tech company, Just Entertainment, that's developing my app and, you know, about to give me a beautiful push and there are beautiful people over there. And we're very excited about the next records and the album. So, yeah, I guess that's probably too much of an answer. James, your mic is not live. I uh, just want to take a moment to remind all of those callers on the switchboard, thank you so much for tuning in. It's so exciting to see so many callers, but you got to press the number one on the keypad so we know you want to talk and you're not just listening in. Aww. Either way, it's just awesome, but thank you for tuning in. Well, one of the things I think people are listening to, uh, Amanda Holly, actually one of the most, uh, I, I think, humble spirits that we have had come on to the Keys 107 with so much talent that she possesses and so much experience around really, really great um, artists and producers and uh, songwriters. And now it's her time to shine. And the mere fact that you have mentioned many of these folks that you're doing collaborations or have been working with um, on air says to me that you have a attitude of gratitude and that's going to take you places you will fly <laughs> high and you're going to reach your goals and you're going to go to the pinnacle of success with that attitude so if you keep that Aww. spirit with you you're going to be just fine i love you guys i told ralph if i ever start changing this please knock me over the head <laughs> <With the reality. laughs> yeah well but you I know what people. it's it, One of the things I think that would help you stay grounded is that you grew up in this. It is your norm. It's not a, it wasn't like, oh God, Stephanie Mills, and you wasn't falling all over the place. You was a little girl who grew up with parents who were engaged actively in music business and music is a part of your life. So it wasn't like you wanted to be connected and you wished you were connected. You, you've, You've been connected, so this is sort of your path, and your spiritual growth will be as far as you take it in, in this business, and the grounding will be because it's your norm. I mean, we've been yeah, around people kind of who wanted to get on in the business, and we've been around, when I say we, I mean me and my, my husband, my co-host, we, we know how people get starstruck, how they get in awe of the glitter of the business, and think that it's one thing when perhaps it's really not that and they're so in awe of it enamored with it, that they don't find their true self and their true calling to be in it mm. that's interesting that that strikes that i'm going to use your phrase james that strikes a chord with me Rafika, just because i've always been like why have things been this way why why is everybody just like that's such normal 
you know, they got such normal lives. And I'm like, okay, that's why. And I'll remember that. You saying it just echoes what I'm already, uh, what I think I might know and I'm trying to know. And obviously the more we learn, the more we learn that we don't know. But um, that's really beautifully said. I appreciate it But that's your normal. Yeah, I mean, that's that's your normal. And um, for, for me growing up around entertainers, all my life, it, it, it's I'm not starstruck by them. I believe that they are here, sent by God or the universe or the forces, the ancestors to give people that outlet to express their inner self through. And they are yeah. definitely yeah. angels. And the people who are charged with taking care of them has to nurture that and they have to understand that and they have to accept that. Wow. That's amazing. You're going to make me cry now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that, like you, you spoke about your, your your brother real briefly and said that he is a um, a scientist, and so are you. As you're experimenting with your music, you know that the <laughs> end result that you want is to move people. And if you have good intentions to inspire people, to motivate people, to heal people, you have the vehicle to do that with your music. So you are where you need to be. You are who you're supposed to be. And so now all we have to do is let the world experience you, and it'll be a better place because you are who you are. You know what I was just thinking about um, when you were talking about the science of um, music, and somewhere in your bio, and I don't have it word for word right now, where where it talks about the belief of the music and the relationship and to the science of the brain. And you talked about hitting the chords. You ever watch a, um, an artist perform and then you may, they may do a, a shot of the audience and you just see people with their eyes closed and they're just shaking their head and they're just grooving with maybe mm-hmm. one instrument that connects with that particular person. It might, one person, it might be the guitar. One person, it might be the piano or the, or the horns. But there's yeah. something... Or the drums, right? It's just something that connects with that person or, or the that voice. the tone of that that's what I was getting ready to say, the tone <laughs> of that song. And what I have in my mind as I'm saying this to you is when Prince sings Purple Rain in that, that yes. shot of the movie. You know? Yes. That's mm-hmm. the science of music it. personified right there. Yes. I'm just I'm just I'm just yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's it. You're yeah. there with me. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, yeah. 300. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just something about it. And I'm I'm just very honored that you that you took time because I know that your schedule is really busy. And um about an organization that you have founded or you're you're spearheading that works with community outreach. There are a few organizations that I've been really um, excited about working with and working for, um, and I would like to start my own eventually, but I want to start when I have a global platform is when I really, really, really want to do the work just because I want everyone to understand that this is purely and solely about giving. Um, but I work with a UN organization uh, called Our Collective, um, our collective deals with women's rights, minorities' rights, children's rights, um, 
uh, peace, creating a world of peace. It actually is funny. It's founded by uh, scientist Dr. Liang Ying, who is probably going to win a Nobel Prize pretty soon, and has proven the existence of God, and he's a, he's a neurophysicist. He's very well uh, published and received in Asia, but he's actually English. He's from London, and, um, but his ethnicity is Chinese. Um, and there are a lot of beautiful people that are a member of our collective. I also work with the Future Society, which is uh, a mentorship program for kids. Um, I support them, or I would like to do more as my platform builds, um, but I really love the program, and I've worked with them. And uh, currently, most currently, Sandra DaCosta and Honoré DaCosta's Bullion Foundation. We just did a little high school visit and performance and panel at high school, which was really awesome to get to talk to um, get to talk to everyone uh, who wanted to understand the artist journey and using music as your vehicle uh, for success in life if that's what you feel called to do. It was really, really fun. So yeah, but I would eventually um, it's like a really ambitious thing to say this, but I keep finding up saying this anyway. Ultimately, in the world, I would like to see every child fed, clothed, um, and taken care of, sheltered, educated, with no strings attached, music, everything, just because my childhood was not the best. And I feel like there's so many kids out there that that need to see somebody working on their behalf, um, free of free of government indoctrination and and religious indoctrination, just just love-based. And I know that there are so many millions of us that care about this and want to see this become reality. So it's all about just getting everyone together. And if it was already happening, I wouldn't even be thinking about it. But I've, I've been thinking about this since I was a very, very little girl. So I would like to ultimately get to that place where I could help on a grand scale. But I guess the first thing is getting myself healed and getting myself um, where I need to be in order to do that. So pretty interesting. Well, we're coming near to the close of the show, and I want to go to that song, uh, Get It Boy, if you could set that up for us, and then we're going to come back and you can give out all of your social media so that our listeners can, you know, like you, follow you, and do that social stuff. So tell me about this song, Get It Boy. What is it getting? <laughs> <laughs> Get it, boy. It's pretty much getting what it says. Um, and like I was explaining before, when I wrote it, I was in a really, really dark space. I actually had dealt with something that was really negative and had to go in the booth and work. And I put it all aside because I said, I'm going to leave this negativity behind. I'm going to leave this person out of my life and out of my experience. And I realized that there was somebody who was there for me that I loved and was feeling for and, and that I wanted to give myself a shot at happiness with this person and ended up writing it and recording it in a couple of hours with my producer and co-writer, OK Laws, who's a XXL freshman class um, up-and-coming producer. And he's a total genius, and he's a great friend. Um, so, yeah, and we knocked it out. 
and it's, mm-hmm. it's more of a fun song. I like to, when I perform it live, I like to really drag it out and milk the lyrics because <laughs> the, the lyrics and melody actually do have a lot of depth. Um, but the song is meant to just be fun. And hopefully when listeners can get into the lyrics, they can see the, uh, the, the meaning in it. Okay, we're going there now. <laughs> Wow, y'all still there? 
Oh, I was, yeah. I was into the song. I was like, wait a minute, what happened? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's so funny? Because I was like, you know, I'm not really singing on this. Because <laughs> it's like, for me, a lot of my songs are these big ballads. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I like popping in this. I have a little cousin. I have a little cousin who is like three. And mm-hmm. she just started singing it. And I'm like, let's go with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it definitely so, it sounds like it could hit the radio waves and just keep it moving throughout the country with a song like that. Well, thank you, Aww. Amanda, for such a wonderful song. Um, I know that this, the, the one that uh, Rafika mentioned before, you said has not been released. Um, but it, yeah, it it's listen, okay. the theme, it's okay to play, right? Uh, well, so well, we're going to actually at this point. On- Mm-hmm. Feenan is, is the single that's out on Tommy Boy that's been getting some play and started getting play on iHeart, etc. Um, and okay. the Shaggy record is unreleased, but it's not a problem. You okay. feel like it. All right. So I, I want to say to you that a normally uh, our normal way of doing this is we play a song, we talk about it, and then we do a musical interlude leading out of the end of the show. So we're almost at that point. And so what I want you to do is to to give information about how people can get your music. Tell us if you have a website, do you have a Facebook page, um, your social yes. media stuff. Put that out there okay. now. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, if you guys Google Amanda Holly, H-O-L-L-E-Y, uh, hit me up on Facebook, Amanda Holly Official, Instagram, at Listen to Amanda. Um, my site, listen to Amanda.com, is like more like a blog and just a little bit of updates of where we are. And the exciting thing is that my new app through Just Entertainment just launched on Apple in beta testing mode, but it's up there. Um, and you can hear Get It Boy on there, but you got to sign up to get it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just the Amanda Holly app. H O L L E Y, <laughs> um, the Amanda Holly app available on iTunes and Google Plus. All right, all right, all right. Fika? Uh, Amanda, <clears throat> Amanda, thank you so much. Again, I, I keep thank saying that guys. because I just want you to know that I am so grateful uh, for you. Thank you again, Ralph Cooper, and thank you to those two avid listeners of the Keys 107, Aisha and of course, uh, Danielle, and thank you to all of our listeners who have tuned in. And just to remind you all, all of our shows are archived on iTunes, and you can catch them on blogtalkradio.com slash the Keys 107 Network. You can catch up with us and find out all about what's going on on www.thekeys107network.com. <laughs> like us on Facebook, follow us, join our Facebook group. And to all of those 16,000 members in our Facebook group, you guys rock. Thank you for hanging in there with us. Uh, we are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. <laughs> we are trying to catch up with that social <laughs> At the Keys 107. If you've got show suggestions, ideas, email me. I know, email, we do that. And I will answer <laughs> suggestions at thekeys107network.com. Well, again, thank you, Amanda Holly, for blessing the keys with your presence on our show, America's Soul Food Sweetheart. 
We hope for you the best for you, and we'll be on the lookout for all Thank the great you. things Thanks you got coming. Yeah, you have a home here. You can come anytime you want, Amanda. When you get ready to drop that single, you're invited back. This is your platform. You know, hit us up too. You know, use our our social medias as a part of your extension. Beautiful. I deeply appreciate it, guys. And also, before I forget, I'll be at the W in Times Square on the 29th of this month at 6, the doors open. We're doing a 7.30 performance. It's actually streaming to a few New York local channels um, via, um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you said the 29th of this month? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's on Wednesday, so right? Yeah, we'll be at Times Square, uh, the W. So, anyway, thank you guys so much, and uh, stay blessed, and you guys are beautiful, and I really appreciate being on the show tonight. Uh, All righty. Awesome. Thank you. All righty. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Are you ready? Turn up the bass. Taking this party to the next level. And Terry drop that in. Here we go. Listening to the Keys 107, opening the doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness with your host, Rafika and Brother James. 